Today's podcast is brought to you by The Central Miami, the largest combined Web3 conference returns to Miami. This event will take place on Monday and Tuesday, November 28th and 29th, right before Art Basel. Discussion points at the conference include NFTs, DeFi, Metaverses, DAOs, and GameFi. Experiences beyond the conference include NFT galleries, art installation, VIP lounge, and after parties. This event is taking place in downtown Miami at the James Knight Center. For more information, go to decentralcon.com. That's D-C-E-N-T-R-A-L-C-O-N.com. Cryptocurrent is happy to announce the Agme Conference. Austin's going to make it. Our inaugural event will celebrate the vibrance of Austin's Web3 ecosystem by featuring a curated slate of panel conversations with the community's subject matter experts, promoting the local culture of innovation and setting a precedent for Web3 event accessibility by providing an in-person event. Join us at the Speakeasy venue on Congress Street for an amazing experience filled with networking, marketing, receive alpha, and enjoy the happy hour party to bring it all home. For more information, go to agmicon.com. That's A-G-M-I-C-O-N.com. Please get your tickets and we look forward to seeing you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a very special guest building out one of the most amazing events that has graced both Austin and is now about to go grace Miami, trying to make the industry feel a lot more loose and, and set, getting away from the rigidness of the Web 2.0 world and now getting into what is the fun of Web 3.0. We have Michael Hahn, who is part of Decentral. How are you doing today? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Well, thank you for being here. And uh, before we dive into your event that's coming up in this November, first, let's discuss a little bit more about you. Can you give us some background on yourself? Yeah, definitely. So a little bit about me and like what I do in the industry. I started crypto full-time in 2017. <clears throat> I kind of dove down the Bitcoin rabbit hole and just kind of like never looked back. Uh, so I initially started working with a marketing firm called Lunar Digital Assets. So they were one of the ones that was... <clears throat> they were one of the ones that kind of like pushed me into learning deeper about you know Ethereum and a lot of other, uh, a lot of the other blockchains as well. And from there, I got a lot of different industry experiences by helping... Uh, helping a lot of their clients. And one of the notable ones was uh, Polygon. So from there, build that relationship with them from Matic Network all the way to Polygon. And was able to understand kind of like their work ethic and the work mentality of what it really meant to be uh, a Web3 company. And from there, went over to uh, kind of like did, uh, did a few other things, quick swap tokenomics. And then after that, we decided to say, hey, look, me and our friends got together and said, you know, there's a industry that really needs... Uh, Really needs to to find a way to creatively and you know be a part of a community within an event. Um, so I we found that little little vertical and we decided to start hosting conferences. And last year uh, we hosted our first uh, physical conference in Miami called Decentral Miami, and we had five thousand people show up. We also had over hundred and thirty sponsors, thirty plus layer ones and layer twos, um, and just like we had like five stages. And it was just kind of like a really good environment because we let everyone hang loose. Um, there was not a lot of restrictions in terms of like what they could and couldn't do. As long as you're building within the space, we wanted to include you. And the reason for that is because we wanted to make it to where it's like a safe haven. You come in, you enjoy an event, you go home leaving happy. And you know you get value out of the event through the connecting. Definitely, man. Uh, it, it's always great to be able to meet in person, especially in this Web3 space. Uh, we all went through COVID together and we 
had to build a lot of online communities. So be able to have an event that kind of brings everyone together uh, post this uh, or, or during rather and, and to really start to connect. Uh, it's really amazing that you were able to put on an initial conference and have that many people show up. Like kudos to y'all. I know a lot of work that goes into putting out events and, and what it means to be able to get that many people, get those sponsors, et cetera. But, but going back to your, your, your background, just for a second, you gave a quick shout out to quick swap. We had them on the show a while back. So I want to give a quick shout out to them, but it's really interesting to be able to see like how you were first building in this space and really seeing how do you go about uh, both building a really superior product, but then also figuring out how do you build that community aspect as well? How are you able to take those experiences and then be able to translate that over into building out uh, the central? Yeah, it was kind of like, I, I would say the beginning part was becoming a student. So me trying to learn as much as I can about blockchain and learning as much information as I can. And then from there, looking at different resources, I, I spent hours just scouring Telegram groups, Discord groups, you know, Twitter, uh, YouTube, trying to find the resources because uh, for me, I really, really wanted to learn. And in order to you know be proficient, I wanted to find a way to actually provide value back. So that's where the kind of like the skill sets come in and get applied when I was working at Lunar Digital Assets. It was able to you know go into communities, manage them, and then find ways to interact with them that and, and see what ticks and what's good and what's bad, and from there optimize too. So and then once we come to events, it's kind of like we're now wanting to give back. Like it, it's been five you know, five years for me in this industry, I want to find a way to give back. And I want to find a way to connect the community that has been there for me since then. Like everyone is very nurturing and everyone is really caring as long as you find the right people and they're willing to help. You just have to find a way to provide value back to them as well. So for me, even like, for example, this background is from... Uh, Tone Bays tweeted this out. <clears throat> and basically what happened was they, they have like five or six different Zoom backgrounds. But this is before kind of like the NFT wave kind of kicked off. But all, was, all that was there was like a little donation button uh, for like a Bitcoin address. So you know, if he provides value to you, you provide value back to him by donating to the artist that's you know, creating the graphic. But we want to give back to the communities that are going to be the next generation or the previous generation that is going to continue on pushing the movement of Web3 and crypto across the world. And I, and I love that about this industry and, it, and it's especially about more and more of the people who I meet who are building here really do have that giving back aspect of how do you pay stuff forward? How do you not just pay it forward with providing a ton of value, but then also as other people are entering the space, bringing them up faster, uh, paving the way to, to make their, their path a little bit uh, faster and straighter and, and giving them resources to the, either build their product, build their community, et cetera, and, and just have us be a, a really good ecosystem of, of sharing and giving. And you know, along that, you originally started uh, Decentral. First, I want to go, we'll dive into that a little bit more like at what point were you like, okay, I want to do this and let's plan this out. So for a lot of people who've never put on an event, they don't necessarily know the finer details of what really goes into throwing this. So if you can walk us back through that first journey of, of, of putting on the first event and kind of fast forwarding into where you're now putting on an, another event in Miami, can you kind of just walk us through that? Yeah. So for us, we wanted to kind of use... Um, so our, our first brand, the first one that we launched was called DeFi Summit. It was a virtual summit. Um, we did have like previous like previous event experience in terms of like hosting smaller meetups like for, from our team, but nothing on the scale of like Miami. So what we did was we wanted to see if we can test ourselves to find a way for you know speakers to come on and how can we manage that as a team. 
So we uh, we decided to launch DeFi Summit first, virtual brand um, that all the videos are all online for free. So if you guys want to go check them out, by the way, uh, the thing about our conferences <clears throat> is that we do not like to have uh, we, we set boundaries first. The the rules and the foundations of every event has to be followed uh, across all of our brands. So number one is basically non-exclusives. We wanted it to be where if competitors are coming on stage, I'd rather put them on a panel and talk to each other than to kind of keep those hidden words across and kind of like keep the, the hate on each side. I want the, 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 the walls to kind of like fall down from the silos of everyone because I know everyone is building towards the same path. Um, also from that too is like we would have to... Uh, for the virtual ones, we would have to, you know, continue on doing marketing, finding ways to kind of push avenues, getting those connections, and then getting reaching out to previous connections and previous, you know, friends to kind of see if there was an interest. Uh, so, like the first event went really well. We had over 200 speakers, um, a lot of notable names on there, including like Mark Cuban, Sani from Ave, uh, Sandeep Nawal from Polygon, and a plethora of people as well. But the thing about that is like we wanted to be blockchain agnostic. So anyone and everyone was included instead of just having it where it's just separated into one silo. And that everyone resonated with that. We 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 stuck to kind of like our core fu- fundamentals, and we we stuck to kind of like the base foundation of what we want out of the event, because like we wanted this information as well. We wanted some of the alpha, um, so it was good kind of like organizing that. And then we did a second one, which which is called NFTCon, which focused all about NFTs, and we still saw that the demand was there. On the journey towards Miami, we've never done a five thousand person event, like none of us has. Um, so the journey was a little bit rough. It was a lot of, kind of like trial and error in the beginning. But what we wanted to do was we really focused and sat down and said, we really need to make this work because this is something that the industry really needs. And me and my team went to Miami probably a month in advance before the event. And we were working like 18-hour days just to make sure we were we were like getting everything ready um, because we really wanted to put that touch and care into it. Like I, I want someone to come to the event and enjoy it, not have a fire festival. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely don't want to put on another fire festival, but that's cool. I mean, just, just to first start with uh, a virtual event to, to build out some of the finer details around you know, getting your speakers, figuring out how to, to get good panels together and figuring out how do you then bring an audience to participate and, and listen to these speakers and, and get a lot of that going before going over into the uh, the physical event and into the skill that you did. And I mean, again, going and put in the 18 hour days, like <laughs> I definitely understand the, the the challenges that potentially, you know, come with that and, and the, the stress that can lead up to an event or even, you know, during the event itself and, you know, being able to reset yourself after the event's over. But you go and have that successful successful event. You then come to Austin. You put on a, 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 a central here, and and now you're getting ready to go do the one in Miami. Can you give us a little bit of more information on on what's coming up in November? Hey everyone, just wanted to let you know about all of the amazing content that we're making for you exclusively over on YouTube. You can stay connected to crypto's top stories and trending topics with the Aftershock. Every Wednesday, join Cryptocurrent Steve Miller and myself for a brand new discussion on what's going on in the wild world of Web3. If you want to learn more about cryptocurrency and blockchain but don't know where to start, Crypto Decrypted will cover everything from basics and fundamental analysis to the advanced concepts of technical analysis. Join Chris K every Thursday exclusively on YouTube. YouTube to get this content.
Finally, if you want to take a deeper dive into the world of NFTs and learn more about all the latest and greatest and what's happening in that space while capturing alpha, join Stephen on NFT Thursdays exclusively on Twitter Spaces on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope you're enjoying our content. And if you're enjoying it, please like, subscribe, share, and leave comments so that we can continue to give you the content to keep you cryptocurrent. Yeah. So uh, we we wanted to basically go back to Miami. Like we're going to do this as a yearly thing. Uh, so we're going back to Miami right before Art Basel. So we're going to be front-running Art Basel again. And you know, Art Basel is traditionally a really fun event for everyone that's going to be musicians, creators, artists. It's it's a vibe that basically you know everyone goes around and creates a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of value for everyone. So for us, we wanted to kind of front run that again. Uh, so we'll be at the uh, the James L Knight Center on the 28th and 29th of November, and we wanted to also kind of like change venues because the first one we had was MACC at the airport. Um, we had that as a test trial. Everyone kind of like gave us a lot of feedback, and we took that feedback and we implemented that. We wanted it to be a, a more uh, a more fun experience every single time. So we upgraded to the James L. Knight Center. Uh, so we actually booked the entire James L. Knight Center and the Hyatt that's associated with it for for the, both of those days and the four floors as well. So we have a full venue buyout. We're aiming to have uh, fi- around like five stages or so. The main stage has around like 4,600 seating capacity. And then we also have our DeFi and, uh, DeFi and DAO stage. We're also in, uh, creating a Web3 women's only stage. We wanted to also showcase some of the newer... Um, you know some of the newer founders that are coming in. Uh, so we also do have a uh, a Web three pitch stage that are tr- you know VCs are trying to get um, funding. Startups are trying to get funding from VCs. Uh, we're working on a Web three job fair as well. So if you guys want to be able to reach some of these sponsors and some of these protocols that will be at the event, you know we want to find a way to to get more people into crypto. Yeah, man, that sounds amazing. Uh, the, the the fact that y'all are doing the your your venue, you have a place to stay right there. You're Booking the 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 four floors, have all the different stages. You have a lot of entry points for different people uh, in this space who are trying to connect, network, meet some of these different people, and also be able to get some really good education from it as well. As you're kind of like scaling this out, and for the person that's listening to this right now, they're like, "Wow, that sounds really cool." Um, a lot of people in in various ways during bearish times are uh, are more hesitant to potentially go and participate in some of these types of events. Why do you think now more than ever it's important for people to continue to go out, uh, attend these events, network, and, and, and keep growing? I think that you're always a student in crypto, and there's never enough. You know, there's never enough information for you to finally grasp. Like no one can be the master of all different types of verticals, whether it's DeFi, fashion, DAOs, NFTs, gaming, metaverses. There's so many different angles. Um, the reason that you should probably go to the event, I don't want to shill it too much, but the reason that kind of like the, the events is kind of needed is because of the connections that you make are going to be there with you for long term. Um, and also there's a lot less noise. So if you see during a bull run and compared to during a bear run, like we, we focus on marketing towards the builders within crypto. Like we don't want it to be where it's like, hey, look, someone is coming in and trying to disrupt or trying to rug or, or do things like that. We want to create positivity for people that are within the crypto space and that are still here you know, throughout the entire time because they see value in that. They see what we're trying to build and what we're trying to go across. So bear market or bull market, we'll still continue on having our events. If this year is not you know, the option for you, that's totally fine. We'll invite you in next year. <clears throat> but I think that all of these current topics 
still needs to kind of be focused on as well, um, because there's so much innovation in the industry. And we want it to be where everyone around the world can still find a way to, to view in and listen in as well. Um, because like the, the, <clears throat> the topics that we really want to hear from is the ones that we... Like from us as a team, for example, like we want to hear some of these topics. So we want to hear it from the leaders because they're the ones that are kind of like at the front line saying, hey, look, I'm going to talk to regulation. Um, I'm going to be the ones to kind of change the, you know, change the policies or, hey, look, this is a new invention that I created. We want to hear those kind of like hard-hitting hard hitting facts from the journalists as well um, to be able to kind of, you know, just make it a more fun environment, but at the same time, an educational environment. Definitely, man. And uh, uh, what I really enjoy about this is what you said about this is for the builders. Right now, there's a lot of people building. We're all going through the same struggles. We're all going through the same things, but it's the builders who are going to make this industry continue to grow and we're the, we're the ones that are going to last. So um, I definitely resonate with that. And, you know, talking about some of the various topics, there's two topics that we talked about, you know, before you came on the show that I definitely want to speak on a little bit deeper now. Um, and that is gaming and, and DeFi. So I know that you have experience in, in traditional gaming, but uh, I want to spend a little uh, time just discussing, like, how do you think this industry is going to continue to evolve over time as it relates to gaming? Yeah, I think for gaming right now, um, everyone's like, oh my God, gaming is like a downtrend or an uptrend. Don't speculate on the market. The thing about gaming is that gaming does take time to make sure that it's you know it releases. Um, if companies are saying I can release a game out in six months, if, even if it's like a flash game, as if you guys remember flash games back then, uh, if it's like a flash game, maybe that's okay. But you know, if you really want a AAA quality game, it does take time to to kind of uh, to kind of create. So I think gaming will take a surge in 2023 or 2024, especially once more products are released out. And the gaming ecosystem starts to thrive. Like if we look at like some of the big competitive games, Fortnite, League of Legends, CS:GO, like they all take time to build up to that community portion. And from there, they start creating these tournament styles. They start creating these, you know, land parties and everything. So it takes time to kind of build that out once the game is ready. And also with that too, it's like games will go through a phase where there will be a lot of hacks. There will be a lot of exploits. There'll be a lot of different types of bugs. It's it's because the nature of games is everything has to. It's it's basically tinkering, you know, tinkering with a box. Something might break, and you're like, okay, let me go back and fix this real quick. Um, so, I, so yeah, I, I think gaming will take a trend off. Uh, will take a trend, and it does lead to a way for kind of like mass adoption that can really really scale pretty quickly. Especially if you have blockchain technology in the background and you make it user friendly. You know, it's going to be like Steam. People are going to be able to log in with a username and password, go and play their game, be able to earn money or potentially, you know, potentially earn some rewards, and be rewarded for the experience of all their data is then utilized for them um, instead of being sold to third-party companies. And a lot of these games would, like traditional games, would kind of gatekeep a lot of their assets as well. Right. I I appreciate you you, you bringing that up as. <laughs> Something that's critical to, I think, Web3 games right now is that, just like you said, these massive games take time. But as you look towards mass adoption, I think there's, as it relates to crypto in the Web3 space, the two entry points are going to be NFTs and gaming. And as you get more of this traditional Web2.0 type of community more onto the crypto community, that's when they start to deal with and, and 
and participate in things like DeFi and then also like go to that next phase of, you know, metaverse and then also go to, you know, other things that are involved in this space. And I want to spend a little bit more time on DeFi because I genuinely think DeFi, decentralized finance has a lot of opportunity and can be one of the greatest equalizers uh, that the, the world has ever seen. However, I don't think the entire uh, puzzle has been fixed yet. I think of, of the circle, we've gotten to like, 70 to 80% of problems being fixed, but that last 20% is going to be really hard to, to solve. We've, we've seen a lot of DeFi products go under, um, you know, not going to spend a lot of time on Luna and, and, and all the things that came with that. But where do you think DeFi needs to evolve to, to become more sustainable? I think DeFi is good as it is. Of course, optimizing to, to making sure that the uh, liquidity pools are more rewarding or, you know, more efficient is, you know, the, the, it's always going to be a process, and I don't think DeFi is ever going to be fully complete. It's like no, and no industry is ever fully complete of innovation. Um, we've seen something happen though. The stock market would stop trading. Besides the DEXs, the DEXs would go on continue on twenty four seven. So I, I think that we're starting to see like a lot of people are starting to see that hey, look, the regular financial system does have something that's of a flaw, and you know with. With decentralized finance, we kind of fix it. It's all on the blockchain. You can see every single transaction. You can see everything that's happening. It's on twenty four seven, and we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of protocols do liquidations. And people are like, "Holy crap! Like this is this is happening. DeFi is going to die." No, DeFi is working the way it's supposed to be. These are the parameters. People just took too much risk, and that sucks to be them. You know, you you risk. It's either it's either you risk to get reward or. Or you know you try to be less risky by optimizing your strategy. So I think that even though DeFi, you know DeFi TVL or anything like that has been decreasing due to the due to the collapse of prices, it, these protocols are still running the exact same way that they were designed to do. You know, uh, people understood like if you're borrowing on Aave, you're borrowing on Compound. That once it gets to a certain price, you will get liquidated. You know, the the traditional markets. If you look at like let's say for example like the whole big story with um, with uh, Celsius, it's like Celsius repaid their loan to to get the Bitcoin back, but you know you can default on other creditors if you want to, uh, you know in the traditional sense. Take me to court in DeFi, they got your money already, so you better pay right. back that loan or you're not getting that Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the the opportunity there, and and what I think a lot of people it was a wake up call was, are you okay with potentially losing everything that you put in to get the reward back, right? So if you're being promised ten percent. Uh, let's say you put in $100,000, are you okay with potentially losing $100,000 to make $10,000 in the event that the big DeFi protocol uh, unfortunately goes under or, or belly ups? So it's it's the first time that we as an industry have had to deal with this harsh reality of just because uh, you get in an industry, everything looks good, you're, you're doing what you need to, but then if things go south on organizationally, the DeFi protocol, they become over levered. That's another thing you got to start weighing is, okay, is the protocol that I'm, I'm, I'm engaging with, are they acting responsibly as well? So I think, to your point, I think there are a lot of things. in DeFi is doing what it was meant to do, but it's exposing, I think, the potential greed that comes from the Web 2.0 space that now you, you have no failsafe because, because it all, it's all protocols. When things go south, they have to go south for it to, 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 to work itself out. Yeah, a lot of people lose money in DeFi because like I, I think that 
they they don't optimize their investment strategy because you, you got to think about this like it, going into crypto and going into defi you are going into like investing and looking at different types of trading options so uh, a good quote from uh from miko from uh, from uh <laughs> so here's a good quote from from miko one of my friends basically if you don't see where the yield is coming from you are the yield and like that resonated with me so much because like the the beginning portion of it was like i i never understood like why a lot of people will go into super risky strategies and then complain about it whenever they lose on those strategies. You got to remember, no one's pressing the, the button for you on MetaMask. If it is, your, your MetaMask is hacked. Please take out all your money and then put it into another seed phrase. Um, but like, you know, people are placing money in because they want to invest. They want to add risk to their portfolio. They can go into safe alternatives or just hold on to it. Whichever way it is, it's, it's not financial advice on like what I can provide for you. But there are different strategies that you want to do or want to, you know, want to not do. So I think that DeFi is still designed to to still be that uh, that ground and say, hey, look, we'll give you an op- opportunity to basically uh, commit on your risk. But it's also for the users to also do due diligence and make sure that they're following up with industry trends. You know, like people have whole trading terminals that trade every single day, and they have to follow industry trends and see what's going on. So it it is a little bit of a tedious process, but staying current. With what happen, whatever is happening within crypto is always a good indicator for you to to be a savvy investor. Yeah, and just to stay on that for a quick second, as it relates to decentralized finance, your your everyday person is now being exposed to potentially, in 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 some cases, very advanced potential trading strategies and opportunities. But historically, if you were trying to do these things, you would go deal with a, a broker or you would go deal with a wealth manager, et cetera. Now they're, you're getting the keys to the kingdom. And if you are going and investing and doing whatever, ultimately you are making these decisions. Ultimately, the money can't go into the protocol unless you press send and <laughs> sign off on the contract for the money to go that way. So more people need to become more empowered and do more diligence and understand what they're signing up for. But I also think that because a lot of these protocols aren't necessarily as front-end transparent with how all these things are working, people take for granted um, what they are used to with having their hand held in the Web 2.0 space. And now they'd have to be a a lot more educated on what they're signing up for uh, as they come into the Web 3.0 space. But I think it will continue to evolve. I appreciate you entertaining that conversation. And I think the the future for DeFi is extremely bright and there's going to be so much opportunity for a lot of people who want to educate, learn, and and participate in some of these different protocols. But, you know, Michael, I always like to, to wrap up with two fun questions. Um, and um, one that I always like to go back to is with all the information that you've learned through putting on several events, if you could impart one to two pieces of wisdom to yourself when you first got starting putting on these events, what would you tell yourself? Stay hungry and forever learn. I, I know it's like a, 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 it's really simple. Stay hungry, forever learn. the The reason for that is because you're always a student in crypto. There's so much innovation that's happening. Just continue on learning, and that really helped me in, in the beginning. In the beginning, I was like, I don't know if this is gonna happen. It was really, it was really about kind of like believing in our team. We we really believed in each other. We really wanted to, this to kind of push forward. And we we were always, every single time, we're like, hey, look, there's a new thing happening. There's a new trend happening. We need to learn about this. We need to make sure that we have enough information to be able to say, 
you know, we can try to teach others with this. Or, hey, look, we don't know this information. Let's reach out to others and find a way to learn this. So that's why we would create events is because we wanted to create it because at the same time, we wanted to learn more about it as well, the deeper levels of it, what the innovators are building. And we wanted to stay current. Like that, that was the main, the, the main thing is also to make sure that we understand the topics because then once we understand and master those topics, we can then help and teach others um, to, to kind of help foster that relationship with them too. Two great gems. If you're listening right now, go, go play that back. Uh, I think that's a really good reminder and uh, something that we all can act on. But, you know, Michael, as we wrap up here, um, what is a final thought that you want to leave with all the listeners here today? I think that if you guys are interested in learning more about crypto, you know, it the easiest way to do it is just it, it all that requires is your commitment and time. So all you have to do is just go onto YouTube. There's so many resources, YouTube, Twitter, uh, go into the telegrams, you know, try to find a way to find that information. Remember, we're on the internet. Like the, the internet is kind of like all around us. You can always find easily accessible information. And even if you want to go back on topics uh, like last year, years before that, and kind of want to do research. A little bit about Decentral and what we do is all of our videos from all of our conferences, whether it's virtual or physical, are placed online. So you can kind of go back and listen to all of our previous speakers. We have over like 500 speakers. Um, so just go onto youtube.com slash DeFi Summit. We haven't changed our name from our first brand to Decentral because it's kind of like a reminder that, hey, look, this is where we came from. So stay humble. Uh, at the same time, we came together because of these values of wanting to build something within the industry. So for this one, we want to continue on with that. We want it to be where everyone has an opportunity to build, has a voice and be heard and also be included. But at the same time, we want to have it to where it starts creating critical thinking by building, by bringing a lot of the, the leaders together and then having the community be there to be able to ask these questions of like, hey, uh, how do I learn more about this? Or, hey, look, I saw this, but how do I... You know, you get to interact with a lot of the companies. Instead of just interacting with them on screen, you can finally meet them in person um, and be able to ask, you know, hey, look, can I get a job? I'm a web, I'm a web coder. I'm a, I'm a developer. I've been applying six, seven times. But being in person, you know, with a the, with the job fair and everything at our event, you can, you know, actually be in front of them. <clears throat> and that's powerful. And I, I really think that's a... a Providing resources, providing education, and having an abundance of, of solid resources to continue to grow in your own journey, uh, to uh, stay hungry and always forever be a student. I think those are two great reminders. And, and Michael, uh, I, I appreciate all the information that you shared with us and, and our audience today. What are ways that people can connect with you and keep learning more about the Central and go get their tickets if they're excited about attending? Yeah. So uh, Decentral is spelled D and then Central. So there's no E uh, in Decentral in the beginning part. So you can go to decentralcon.com and then you can kind of learn more about like all of our all the things that we're doing for Miami. Uh, also on Twitter as well, Decentralcon. You can also follow our sub brands if you just want to do just DeFi or just NFT. So we have NFTCon and then also DeFi Summit as well. And uh, if you want to learn more about me, my Twitter handle is the TheDGenBoy. Uh, the boy is spelled B-O-I-I. But remember the DGEN part because that's what I'm going to be forever. For <laughs> sure. Well, again, man, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for all the information. And of course, for everyone listening, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. 
All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the cryptocurrency team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. This show and any other cryptocurrency production is exclusively for informational purposes. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Pirate M, who said, This podcast is great. I didn't know that much about cryptocurrency before I started listening, but now I feel great. The topics covered and guests are all fantastic. Additionally, the information is easy to understand, even if you aren't that well-versed because of how entertaining the whole show is. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. We would like to give a special shout out to our Moon sponsor, Acacia Digital. Acacia invests in partners with early stage blockchain companies who are solving complex problems in large markets. Acacia partners with projects that have established technology and communities. Acacia supports public projects exhibiting strong momentum and capacity to grow into large markets. Acacia also directly participates in limited releases such as NFTs tied to unique experiences, access, or products. For more information, go to acaciadigital.io. Again, that's acaciadigital.io. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com.